0: what is a franchise broker and how can you work with them coming up next Charles, for established franchisors, they clearly already have some sort of perspective on how to use the broker network. And most likely it's because the person that leads franchise development for that organization has come from some sort of franchisor that already had some sort of relationship or understanding of how to use them. But for the emerging franchisor, uh, it could be overwhelming. Like, how do you even get into these networks? Which networks do you choose? Do you need to hire outsourced franchise sales to to even get to the starting line, so obviously you are the resident expert on emerging franchisors. Uh, what advice would you have if they say, like, you have a you have a you have a franchiseor that's under twenty five units and says, at what point do I use the broker network and how do I use it? Can you explain to them what a broker network is?
1: Right. So so let's start with right. We're emerging franchisors. Let's start with what a broker is because emerging franchisors, startup franchisors, they have a misunderstanding where they they think that brokers, if they offer a big commission, a broker is gonna sell their franchise. So if you're an emerging franchisor, a couple of things you need to know right now. One is that there's an oversupply of franchise opportunities relative to franchise buyers, right? So it is a buyer market, it is a franchise broker market. And you as an emerging franchisor, you're at a slight disadvantage, you're starting up, you don't have the franchisee validation, and you don't have demonstrated unit economics. Doesn't mean you're not going to win, but we need to be aware of those shortcomings. So number one, it is a franchise buyer market, it's a broker market. A franchise broker is not there to sell your franchise. They're professionals, right? They're building their careers. And this is what you need to understand as an emerging uh, franchisor. Franchise brokers are building their careers. They're educating and informing their clients. And they're there to sell franchises. They belong to professional organizations. Um, They go through education programs. So it's very much a profession. You need to honor it. So I think at a baseline, emerging franchisors need to know they're dealing with other professionals. Um, They need the broker more than the broker needs them. And they need to demonstrate value. The category you're in, the price point you're in, the brand story that you present, and the value you could provide to their candidates. Um, so, very much uh, franchise brokers are going to be more in control of the relationship than the emerging franchisor.
0: Well, so there's a few things to unpack there. Yeah. One is um, like a, a broker is not in your business. So they're not eating your food, they're not you know, selling your service. So what Charles said there is you need to set up the educational tools to give them the resources to be able to sell. So one is what communication are you giving to the, to the broker network to help them understand the value proposition of your business because they are the in-between between your business and people that are actively interested in buying a franchise. Now at that point, what Charles said, is there is a surplus of franchisors that are trying to give those same educational materials to that broker to say, when you're talking to the candidate present my brands. So now you have to not only compete to get into the broker network, the brokers on an individual basis, into their mindset of, hey, this is a viable opportunity that I can present in my marketplace. You have to actually, showcase why you're different than all the other inventory that's in their marketplace. Now, there's a few things that happen at that point. Point of differentiation does happen in how you are incentivizing the broker to sell on your behalf. Like the reality is if you have someone working in your company right now, Charles or I, uh, one of our staff, you incentivize them a few ways. You incentivize them through salary, you might incentivize them through paid time off, you might incentivize them through bonus. And you're incentivizing your staff to go execute whatever vision you have to go make it happen. Brokers are no different. Like you got to give them the tools to be successful, but then you got to give them what is winning. If they can actually win on your behalf, what do they get? Because they don't own your franchise in many cases. Um, so you have to present to them your point of differentiation, both financially and from an incentive standpoint, and why you, why now, or you know, arguably hundreds of other franchisors that want. If there, if there is one human being that is ready to buy a franchise, there are a hundred franchises that are willing to bring that person into their business.
1: Yeah. The taking one step backwards, because I could have done a better job even explaining. So legally the franchise broker will sign a referral agreement. You'll sign a referral agreement with the franchise broker or a franchise broker network and you're going to be agreeing to pay a certain percentage of your initial franchise fee to the broker. So technically, from a legal standpoint, the broker is an agent of the franchisor, right? They're technically your agent, and there's other uh, legal obligations. They're also franchise sellers. So you're entering into a contractual relationship with the franchise broker. If they place a candidate with your brand and you sell to that candidate, You're going to pay the broker a percentage of your initial franchise fee. Now, brokers, the vast majority are independent. Some belong to other franchise systems, but but most of them belong to an organization. Nick referred to it as a broker network or a broker organization. And you have to think of the broker organization as a marketplace, right? Where brokers get together, they, they have their education, maybe they have master agreements with franchisors where they have pre-agreed upon uh, commissions, and there's also networking. So you have your franchise brokers, you have your broker networks. You're going to want to network with brokers directly. You're going to want to join broker networks to have better access to brokers, to learn what they're looking for, and interact in in communicating the value of your brand. So those are just some of the basics there, Um, Nick. But the startup franchisors where they stumble i think so now we know we need brokers or at least that needs to be in the toolkit in the all of the above right organic reach for franchise sales digital marketing for franchise sales broker right so you want an all of the above strategy Um, emerging franchisors come into the marketplace um, they're excited about franchising they join some broker organizations one of the problems i see is they're probably not ready to have those communications yet. They join a broker organization. They have a description of their brand. It, it, so what, right? It doesn't. It doesn't move the needle. There's a misunderstanding. I think there's a lack of education. Too many emerging franchisees are not prepared when they enter broker networks. And so, what do you see there, Nick?
0: Well, I mean. Take it, there, there's a brand that you work with, Charles. That that I recently spoke with, and they're like, "Look, we tried it. We we signed up for a broker network, and we went and networked." Like, what does that mean? Right? Do they could they tell you what your brand is? I don't know. Like, we had some drinks, drinks and hanging out. It's like, but that's that's not what this is. It's like, so it's almost like if you you as a as a single man, there's this magical mythical bar that is full of all these women who are your soulmates. You're not going to walk in there with baggy pants and unshaven and not look your best. You're going to walk in and you're going to present like you're a million bucks. And so these franchisors, these emerging franchisors, now they, they hear what you just said. They, they heard, well, you got to go network. So they show up at the event, they sponsor a few things. They might do their little five minute pitch. And then like I did it, And so I think like the, the, the up question in your opinion, like do you need to hire someone in franchise development at say 10 units, 25 units, somewhere in in that range, you need to hire someone in franchise development or do you need to look at an outsource solution that has already established the relationship with the network because when they call insert name, they pick up the phone because they've already they've already done the groundwork. They've already done the drinks and the discussions and the education. That when when Nick or Charles call, if we did outsource sales, like the broker picks up and they go, "Hey, how's it going? What's going on?" So, in your opinion, like, do you need?
1: I I think you do. I, but I it's I'm almost going to suggest a reverse strategy, right? So in your analogy where you enter this bar with all your soulmates, even if you're dressed well and you find your soulmate, you're not going to ask her or him to marry you after that 30-minute presentation, right? There's a process, right? Maybe she, after you meet for those 30 minutes, is going to take a look at your website, look at your founder's story, go through your videos, right? So... It's just the start of the relationship. You shouldn't be asking to get married in that 30-minute presentation. The other, you know, to your question, sure, you need professionals on your team. But I also see so many emerging brands. They go from, it's like vendor shopping. I work with a vendor. They're going to charge X dollars a month. They're going to receive calls from candidates. They may work out. They may not work out. 12 months from now, I'm not happy well, it's not even the vendor's fault. It's no one's done the deep dive into the brand. I mean, if you come in, just say I'm a restaurant or I'm a really good restaurant or I'm a gym and I'm a really good gym, that doesn't move the needle, right? You need to do a deep dive into the brand, the transformation, the value propositions, unit level economics. And I find nine out of 10 emerging franchisors that attend conferences are probably not ready to attend them. And then what's worse, then they find a vendor at a conference, they spend money with the vendor, and now you're pushing ads or you're doing more, but you really haven't done the deep dive into the brand. So, um, you know, your soulmate may be there, right? But you cannot ask them to marry you at that first meeting. You need to build that relationship. And so what are those tools? What are the presentations? What are the conversion tools? What are those unique metrics? I think that's where the emerging brands need to focus.
0: Unfortunately, here here is here is the truth, and you know, Charles, do you know or your perception when was Five Guys created?
1: I don't know. Twenty years ago.
0: Okay, so twenty years ago would have been the early two thousands. It was built in the early eighties. Okay, and so so you look at a brand that had their explosive growth really from like two thousand and six through two thousand and ten. And at that point, the brand was already twenty years old, and so I think I think unfortunately in franchising, there's this perception that you can grow fast, and very few do. Like you're talking about a fraction of a percentage point. Most grow methodical, and what happens? And this is where like investments don't have time to grow. So you, I've seen it. I've seen it. I saw it last year franchisor said i'm gonna have a thousand units at the end of my first year you're not well now we're two years in they have two i mean like but but now what what did they do as a brand they shuffled through vendors and suppliers and right. partners and they burnt through all these relationships because none of them were helping them hit their hot thousand unit mark and if you go all the way back to the beginning and you say you and i say hey here's how you're gonna grow shoot for like five in year one. Like yep. that'd be amazing. And to get to five budget somewhere between hundred and $150,000. That's how much you're going to need. You get to year two, you add five more. You now have 10. You get to year three, you can add 10. Now you're at 20. You get to year four, you add another 10. Now you're at 30. You get to year five, you're at 50. Get to your six, you're at 75. You're seven, a hundred, you're eight, 150 you're nine, 200, you're 10, 250. And the reality is if if you like, that's, that's a very simplistic approach, but that was a 10 year run. So these brands come in and they say, well, I have 10 units. I'm going to have 50 by the end of the year. You may you may be the fraction of a percentage point and you may have maximized the broker network and you may have aligned yourself with the right suppliers that can get you in front of the buyers because there is a defined group of buyers that actively are buying right now, whether they're using a broker, they're coming in organically, they're out there. There are hundreds of franchisees of tomorrow out there right now. So if you find the right people, can you get at bats in front of it? Yes, but what Charles just said if you don't have the fundamentals, unit strong level strong unit level economics, validation from the few franchisees that have signed on board, proven processes that you've put in place corporately, corporate investment, strong branding and marketing, a go go forward plan when they open. How do you support them better than everybody else? If you don't have those things, then it, it ends up being irrelevant. Like you won't survive as a brand. So this is not rocket science. None of this is. It's very fundamental. But unfortunately, sometimes in our life, fundamentals don't seem logical based on what our expectations are. And that creates these gaps and that creates shuffles and lost money and lost opportunity and failed growth.
1: Which which becomes the big opportunity for the startup emerging brands. Because totally. what we're describing for startups and emerging, even mid-tier and older brands are experiencing these issues because these gaps in their strategic planning. So there's real, for those emerging brands listening to this, there is real opportunity and you you need to look at the space. And I don't want to be cliche, but you do need to do things differently. You, Nick described, when he described growth, it's an acceleration strategy, right? And seasoning your franchise brand. And if you do it right in years one through three, then years four and five could be those acceleration point years. Um, So there's real opportunity here if you apply this strategy, very much a methodical acceleration and seasoning strategy, I would call it.
0: And there's one other element to this, and I should have said this, and shame on me. When you're on that growth pattern, those are not new franchisees only. Like you want to make the most money as a franchisor, you groom and train and support franchisees who become multi-unit operators, because then at a hundred units, you have 25 franchisees who each own four and those 25 franchisees each get calls from you on a personal basis. You have it's designed to get this in the, right, in, in the right place so that existing franchisees are your fuel and so your costs, like your profitability as a franchisor actually increases because you don't have to scale up your staff as large because you've kept the network tight and they're growing at the pace that you want them to grow at. And then, so let's say you have 25 franchisees that each have three units, they're 75, and you supplement the other 25 to get to hundred with corporate stores, which gives you cash flow to invest in other things. And I'm not saying that that's how it has to be, but I'm saying like you can engineer a really strong business at a steady pace. And then what happens is it's very easy for the brokers to sell because they it's, it's easier to sell when you're saying, well, yeah, they opened six units last month or yeah, their franchisees continue of their 25 franchisee. 80% of them are still buying more units with their business. Like you give them the easiest tools to sell your brand. So like look, it's hard. It's hard to take a good look in the mirror and say, let's let's take two steps backwards or one step backward uh, to move forward. But if you want to do this the right way, that's how you do it. At the same time though, on the flip side, private equity is throwing large numbers out there at brands and brands that are not fully baked. And so that, that is that is another truth. Like I'm not gonna say only do it this way. Like the reality is you you can take a strategic approach to build a, a wonky brand that can still have the exit that you desire, so long as you, you you can sleep at night knowing that you have not set up your system right for the franchisees that invested life savings in here. And that's certainly that's certainly a, a percentage of resors. They don't they're they're not invested in m- mentally or or emotionally in the success of their franchisees. It's about selling. And that's okay. There, that, that's a business model. As long as you're okay sleeping at night, knowing that you did not take care of those franchisees, that's good. That's your that's your choice.
1: Well, and then as we cap this off, so the soulmate analogy. So, what is the ultimate soulmate that a franchise broker is looking for in a franchisor, and even an emerging one? Well, just imagine you walked into the bar and your conversation was about sustainable growth by your franchisees, multi-unit ownership, validation, um, and all these factors we're talking about. So flip this around, go into the mindset of that franchise broker and consider what they're looking for. It's not just to have a drink and a nice conversation with you. There's something deeper there. They have a deeper obligation. Their reputation is on the line. They want to place people with brands. When they walk and they bump into those franchisee candidates five years from now, they want to know they impacted their lives. And that's your goal as an emerging franchisor.
0: Yeah, there, there are brands that, like their approach to networking, they get into that bar, they get into the mythical franchise bar, and they see this beautiful franchise broker. They don't go up and say, let me tell you why you need to sell more of my units. They say, I would like to invest in flying you out to come see my brand and see my culture and learn our story so that when you then are ready to sell this, we've, we've given you at least some sort of insight into who we are. That's another approach.
1: Nick, I think we, um, this was a good FranX episode.
0: FranX. Live. From all over the world. See ya.